Hello, and welcome to my very first episode of the Sew Novel Podcast. I am joined today by the lovely bookstagrammer Katie from Katie Reads Things. Katie is a mum to a beautiful three-year-old boy and a fur baby, a part-time lawyer, and has just recently celebrated her two-year bookstiversary with hitting an amazing milestone of 10,000 followers. In this episode, we chat about gaining followers, bookstagram pressures, and we take a deep dive into Victoria Hannon's Kokomo. Hi, and welcome to the Sew Novel Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and in this fortnightly podcast, I will be chatting all things books, as well as interviews with authors, publishers, and bookstagrammers. So whether you're looking for your next read or you want to know the story behind the story, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for having me. No problems. So I wanted to start off, first of all, by acknowledging this amazing milestone of hitting 10,000 followers. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it is it's very exciting. It kind of it, it boggles my mind a little bit. It feels like a ridiculous amount of people, but it's, it's very exciting. So thank you. That's okay. Now I wanted to ask, what were your first thoughts when you seen that 10,000 pop up? Was it just um, unbelievable? Well, to be honest, it was, it was very first thing in the morning. So I I sort of opened my eyes and like grasped for my phone and then turned it on. So I wasn't probably thinking all that coherently, <laughs> but it was very, it was very exciting. I was very excited. And it was so nice to see a lot of people had sent me messages and said, congratulations. And yeah, it was, it was, um, it, it felt very, like, it felt like a lot of hard work had gone into that. And it's just a number and, you know, it, the followers don't, the numbers don't really matter and that sort of thing, but it's, it did feel like an exciting milestone. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Absolutely. Like it's, it's definitely something to celebrate. Now chatting about numbers, like you said, we know numbers aren't everything. Um, but you know, like you said, it is really nice to have that acknowledgement of, you know, people following Mm -hmm. you and, you know, appreciating the effort that you put in. So I know there'll be Mm -hmm. a lot of other bookstagrammers out there thinking, you know, how did she get to that number in such a short time? You know, she's only just celebrated her second year books diversary. So do you think you could give us some tips on, you know, how you've managed to grow your account? Um, sure. Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I, um, I wish I had something very insightful to say to answer that question, but honestly, I don't really know what I did any differently. Um, I think it's just, it, I was thinking about this the other day and I think it's really just about what you want out of your account. Like what is it that you're trying to say? Are you, you know, interested in conversations? Are you interested in taking beautiful photos? Are you interested in growing your ever-growing TBR list? I think for everybody that's going to be a little bit different and you've just got to do what it is that I think makes you happy in this space because it is just a hobby. Like to to the best of my knowledge, at least nobody's getting paid for this. So you may as well just do what, what it is that brings, you know, happiness into your life. And I think for me, a lot of it was engaging with people who have very similar um, views to me or similar opinions to me, or not even similar opinions, but that you can connect with on a personal level. So I joined a lot of buddy reads early on and met a lot of people through that, which was really great. Um, I think my my husband in particular was was glad that I had other people to to talk about books with because he was not um, necessarily all that interested <laughs> at all times. So that was really great. Um, meeting up with people in real life as well when when we could back when we could was um amazing to make connections that way and I think just engaging on other people's posts um you know commenting on their posts messaging people through stories um just connecting with people more than just sort of you know mindlessly scrolling through and being genuine in that connection so I think people really do want to just you know, chat to people. People want to talk about books. So whatever it is that you've got to say, put it out there and people will come back and chat to you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think for me, one thing that I love about your page is you can tell that you put the time and effort into 
your captions and into your reviews as well. And, you know, we all know reviews don't usually get as many likes and comments Mm -hmm. as, as, um, you know, stacks and that. But I do love that about your feed. But I also love, (laughs) that's okay. I also love how fresh and bright your account is as well. So was that something that you set out to have that aesthetic or did that just happen organically? Um. I think it just happened organically because that's what I have. Like a lot of the photos that I've, I've got to take it on my bed, which is just happens to be placed next to a window. Um, and that I, I like that, like that's the sort of aesthetic that I'm drawn to. Um, there are so many, um, as I'm sure you know, so many brilliant, beautiful photos on Instagram generally, but also bookstagram more specifically. So um, I love looking through, all the photos and and finding things that inspire me and it sort of goes through waves for me like sometimes I'm feeling super creative and I have all these ideas and I feel like I've got you know all these props and I gather all my stuff and cart them all through the house and stuff and and other times it just nothing is feeling particularly creative so just got to go with the best that I can get at the time which often resorts to my bookshelf because <laughs> it's it's easy <laughs> I think you have like an iconic bookshelf though. And I, <laughs> I loved that you've done the reels for your second books anniversary in front of that. I was just like, yes, I feel like I, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of the bookshelf that started it all because it was when I like I moved into this house just before um, I started this page and it was really, it wasn't when we looked at the open house, the previous owners didn't have it as a bookshelf. They had it as sort of a display case, which seemed like uh, such a waste to me because why yeah. wouldn't you put books on it? Um, but it was the thing that made me fall in love with this house. And then that first picture, the very first, um, one of me standing in front of the bookshelf way back when was the first one that, that people just really seemed to love. And it, it was really, really popular for reasons that I, could not fathom at the time. I I had, I think it was maybe my, I don't know, tenth post or something. Like it was quite early on, and it just seemed really popular. So it was sort of the thing that started the momentum. <laughs> I think we're all jealous. I think that's what. It is. <laughs> there are a lot of really beautiful bookshelves going around on Bookstagram. That's for sure. <laughs> there, there are. There are. <laughs> Now you were talking before, obviously, about COVID and how you used to catch up with bookstagrammers pre-COVID. Can you mm-hmm. tell us how do you think COVID has affected your reading habits this year? Um, oh, I think good and bad in that because we can't go anywhere, obviously, there's a lot more time at home, which can, can be spent reading. But then at the same time, I think it's been such a tough time mentally for everyone, I think, that it's been really difficult for me at least to focus and particularly towards the beginning when it was all so uncertain and nobody really knew what was going on or what was going to happen, not that we really, you know, know that much more now, but it it was just so difficult to sit down and have my brain not sort of, you know, spiral off into disaster mode and what's going to happen if this and that sort of thing um so it's quite difficult then to focus on any on anything really let alone reading um but I think as well maybe maybe it's sort of I don't know if we've gotten a bit more used to it or if it's things are starting to ease here and it's starting to feel like you know maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's it's been a really welcome escape and there's been some books or some um genres I guess in particular that have been a really great way to just forget about the world for a little bit and just let your mind rest for a bit. Yeah absolutely. Do you find you've been gravitating more to I guess like you know contemporary kind of romance, contemporary fiction, some lighter easier reads? You know I think maybe because that's like my go-to normally. (laughs) I went um, I went really like historical fiction for a while Uh so I was really into that and then I sort of I read a couple of um, like fantasy kind of books which I've always kind of liked but have never been my staple Um, so that was a nice escape again because I think like escaping not just of your day-to-day but actually this world like actually leaving this this universe kind of thing was a great escape as well yeah absolutely I found I was trying to read you know a few memoirs and that and I just couldn't focus I was just like it's just not relatable at the moment and all I kept thinking about was I don't know if you've ever read 
Cormac McCarthy's The Road the whole time through COVID. I've got I it just, on my shelf, but I yeah, haven't read it. <laughs> okay. Probably don't read it now. I wouldn't recommend reading it now. It's very apocalyptic. And I just kept coming back to that book and I was like, oh, I just need something light to get this out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think maybe that's what historical fiction was for me because it was leaving the present day altogether. And I think like, like a lot of historical fiction, not all, but a lot of it is set during um, war time periods. And you just sort of think, well, that's a whole other perspective. You know, that's something that's completely you know, different to what's happening now and also awful. So that was, you know, it was a nice way to sort of switch your mind out of the present and think about something else and sort of immerse yourself in another another time. It's the joy of reading, right? It's what the gift that it brings to us all. Exactly. Because <laughs> even I found myself going back to um, the Nightingale when yeah. for their food and that, and I was lined up out the front of the supermarket. <laughs> like obviously not as bad as they've know. got newspaper like shoved in their coats to keep them warm and that, yeah, oh, yeah. that book oh my yeah. god I know I love that book I recommend it to everyone <laughs> and there's a movie have you seen the movies in production or it's yes. about to start or something there's so many good movies coming out actually isn't there like yes. I'm really hanging for the dry by like Jane Harper's the dry like really yes. hanging for that to come out that will be, I think that will make an amazing movie. Me too. With all the shots of the the outback, that'll be so good. Yes, and Eric Benner. I do have a soft spot yeah. for Eric Benner. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? We do, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I wanted to do our first segment as a bit of a, a bookish chat. So I wanted to sure. chat about Bookstagram pressures and the pressure to read more. So I know we've had this discussion before personally over DMs about how we managed to read whilst also mumming. And mm-hmm. I know a few months ago you posted about feeling the pressure to read all of these new books and the arcs that were being sent to you. But mm-hmm. you said that you'd wanted to commit to kind of going back to forgetting the TBR and just being a bit more of a mood reader, I guess. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a bit about those pressures and give us an update on where you're at with that? Sure. Um, so I think like, this is something that I had never, ever felt before Bookstagram. I, and I don't think I even had an unread shelf before Bookstagram. I would go to the library and I would choose a book and I would bring it home and I would read it and then yeah. I would return it and start again. Um, <laughs> but now I've accumulated like an entire bookshelf worth of unread books, which brings me immense joy, but also does increase the pressure because they sit there and they look at you and they judge you for not reading them um and then you get you know you I'm obviously very grateful to to be sent books from publishers in the mail which is and it's always the highlight of my day to open up a new um book mail (laughs) package but then it also does you've got to then read it and you've got to um you know you I I don't want to force myself to read things that I'm not in the mood for because I am such a mood reader and I think that's not fair to me but it's also not fair to the author or the publisher because I won't enjoy it as much if I'm if I'm not in the mood to read it and I think like I said before this is a hobby and it's meant to be fun and it's not fun when you put a lot of pressure on yourself and why is the pressure there you know it's not it's something that we've we've made up for ourselves we haven't there's no rules to this so there's no reason why we should be doing anything other than what we enjoy here so I've been definitely, I think I've been doing better. I think I've been doing a lot better at um, picking up the book that I want to read in that moment. Um, obviously, there are commitments that that I've agreed to here and there that I need to prioritise. But other than that, it's been, um, it's been really nice to be able to just go with the flow and even not have a book on the go at some points. Like I think the pressure to create content constantly is it can it can get a lot and it can get to the point where you just sort of need to stop for a little while and with books especially as I'm sure you know like you can't just read it in 10 minutes you know you have to spend the time and we've all got other things going on whether that's kids or work or study or other caring responsibilities there's a lot going on particularly right now so adding an extra pressure for something that's supposed to be fun is just I think not not worthwhile and it, it does feel really good to take a book off the unread shelf and then not put it back there. <laughs> Slowly reducing that pile. 
Yes, yes, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> I think it also helps me that the book fairs have been cancelled. Like, <laughs> as, as devastated as I am that that has happened, the, the Lifeline Australia book fairs, which are fabulous, um, happen every, I don't know, couple of months or so. And they're just, they're just like halls full of tables covered in books. And it's like a, a book hoarder's dream. And all the money goes to charity. So, of course, you know, you, you can't help but contribute because it's for a good cause. And then, yeah, my, my unread bookshelf gets bigger and bigger every time. So not having those available to me has been a bit of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I was, I'd be the same as you. Like I remember I would go out and, yeah, go to the library or purchase a new book mm. and it would be a book that I wanted to read right at that time. Yeah. Go home, open it up and read it and, you know. Yeah, like straight away. Yeah, be immersed in it. And I think, you know, once I started receiving, you know, arcs and that as well, I kind of got a bit too, I guess, a bit too arc friendly and, you know, was requesting a bit too many and then it kind of a lot of pressure in that. So I think at the moment I've been trying to read, you know, one arc and then get one off my bookshelf that I Mm -hmm. feel like reading at the time and, you know, just kind of alternating and, yeah, reduce yeah. that as well that way. Feels good, right? Yeah, yeah, it does, definitely. <laughs> so I wanted to talk actually and as our next segment about our last now and next reads. So would sure. you like to start off? What was your last read? My last read was um, Serpent and Dove by Shelby, I'm going to say this wrong, Mahurin, <laughs> Marin. I apologize, I Shelby, for mispronouncing your name. <laughs> yeah so this actually this was I got this for Christmas last year so it's been sitting on my bookshelf for that <laughs> long and I I was I like when I got it for Christmas I was so excited and I was in this real fantasy mood but I just finished reading Ninth House by Lee Bardugo which is um also fantasy but a much more adult like it's dark and it's gritty and it's amazing I loved it and I read that first and it's um the first in a series so I was hanging for more of that and then I picked up Serpent and Dove next and it's it's a lot more young adult and I felt compared to Ninth House it was just a bit juvenile it felt it didn't it didn't feel like that was the right um follow-up to that one so I put it back down and then just left it sitting there and then because Blood and Honey the sequel came out recently it's been all over Instagram again so then I picked it up again and loved it so it was a good like lesson to me in listen to your your mood reader <laughs> and don't force yourself to read something that you're not in the mood for because I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it if I'd pushed you and it's a long book. So I I really I really like that and it's it's now like the sequel's now out. So I'm sort of like, do I go and get the sequel? Do I listen to my unread shelf and read something else? Um, but I only finished that what's today, Saturday. I finished that on Thursday night and then I had a really big day at work yesterday, so I haven't really picked up something new but the next book they have picked up is called um what's it called hang on <laughs> reviving the hawthorne sisters oh. by emily carpenter which uh, was sent to me by a publisher they contacted me out of the blue i hadn't really heard of it before but it's a bit of a like gothic mystery i think i've, I've literally read the prologue and chapter one so i don't really know what's going on yet um but it was a good, I thought, chance to, it's totally not my genre. It's not something that I probably would have picked up previously, but it sounded really intriguing. And I quite liked the fact that I hadn't seen it around that much. Um, and even though it's October and in Sydney, it's well, in Australia, it's spring. In Sydney, it's warm. It's not exactly, you know, the cosy October um, sort of Halloween type weather that the Northern Hemisphere is experiencing. It did. It was. It felt like a good chance to do a bit of a sort of cozy, atmospheric kind of read. So, we'll see how that goes because it's very much not my normal genre. Um, and as for next, I have no idea. I might. <laughs> I'm because because I'm because this one's like a gothic mystery, and the last one was a fantasy. Maybe the next one I'll go back to my sort of contemporary romance. Um, favorites I've got a few waiting I'm dying to retake a hint Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert which is sitting on my shelf I've heard such good things um about that and I just got um a copy of Inner Holidays by Christina Lauren which I'm so excited for so that maybe maybe one of those two 
Those are both Indeed. looking at me on my shelf too. Yeah. <laughs> and I have um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I haven't actually read that oh, one Oh, it's yet, so good. So, yes. I oh, think, you really should. I feel, yeah, I've got serious FOMO about both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I loved Chloe. Yeah, so I know everyone raves about it. I don't think I've seen a bad review about no, Chloe. No, I don't think so either. No, and I seen um, on Talia's Instagram, I think it was yesterday, there's a third one. Yeah, third coming out. So yeah, I, I've seen some early reviews for that, which is all they've also been overwhelmingly positive. The uh, third sister, the three sisters. Yes, is it Eve? Yeah. Yes. 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 Now that looks great too. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, another one for the pile. Yeah, I know. Just add <laughs> it to the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last read was Kokomo by Victoria Hannah. Which, uh, Yes. Yeah, so what did you think? I, so, you know what? I kind of finished it and I was like, oh yeah, like I enjoyed that. And then mm-hmm. um, for our next segment, which we're going to chat about Kokomo a bit more, I'd done, you know, a bit more research into it. And now I'm like, yeah, I actually really liked it. Like, Interesting. It's, yeah, it's funny how you kind of, you know, read a bit more into the background of the actual story and it, it kind of yep. creates another story to what yes. you Yeah. I love author's notes for that. I love reading author's notes. Yes, me too. I love it when they go into how they got to the story and how they came up with all of it. Like the, um, uh, what's it called, The Paris Secret by Natasha oh. Lester. Yes. Um, her author I've read maybe three of her books now and her author's notes are always so informative and the amount of research that goes into putting together these stories is amazing so good and it's so interesting because it's all based on real people and sort of real events and she's created this story around these people that that really existed in a time that was you know completely different to now but it's yeah it's fascinating I love it yeah, and I love when you read books like that and it feels like they, you know, almost lived it. Like they just Yeah, exactly. Really yeah. Like she's gone to these places and she's like read into their lives and she's got all the newspapers and she's seen like in the Paris Secret there's a lot about um couture dresses and she's gone to see these dresses and to see how they're made and how they're cared for and it was just fascinating. Yeah. It was so cool. That reminds yeah. me kind of similar to, I guess, um, Jodie Pico. Like she does so mm. much research into her books. It's just yeah, absolutely fascinating. Like yeah. my favourite book of hers is Leaving Time and it's kind of centred around elephants and the amount of research that, you know, was in her author note that she done was just crazy. Wow. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah. And I've seen for Kokomo, Victoria Hannon was saying that, um, it was kind of based around loosely uh, not so much her life, but I guess moments that she thought about. So when she had moved overseas and she was always thought, you know, what's the call that's going to bring me back home? Just like Mina, you know, gets the call yep. to take her back home. So yeah, it, it's, it's nice to see how that all. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so my current read, I've just started The Survivors by Jane Harper because I was having oh, real FOMO about that one. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a hot favourite right now. It is. Are I you mean, liking it? I am really liking it. So I loved The Dry and I do have the other two books on my shelf, but I haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> that means that's I loved The Dry as well. I did. I lo- oh, Hang on. The dry, yeah, I loved The Dry um, and I read The Lost Man earlier this year last year who knows what year it is anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know um I didn't love it as much but the dry I really loved the dry I've heard great things about the survivors yeah yeah me too so yeah I was having real FOMO so I went and bought that <laughs> the other day and I was like yep I'm gonna start it straight away <laughs> the FOMO is so real it, it is it is it I think really Instagram just adds to it too doesn't it oh for sure yeah <laughs> absolutely and you start, sort of start off, I don't know about you, I sort of start off seeing books that are really popular and I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy into the hype because the hype I think ruins it a lot of the time. I'm like, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm going to, you know, I'll make my decision as to whether or not I'm going to read that book completely on my own. I'm not going to be influenced. Yeah. And then like next minute, <laughs> like add to cart. <laughs> I need that book. <laughs> yeah. I was the same with um, Trent Dalton. So I know you loved yes. the Universe. So I was kind of, I'm not a massive fan of that book. <laughs> oh, Jess, <laughs> <I know>. no. 
I, do you know what? I think it was just the wrong time for me to read that book. I, I think yeah, that's the, fair enough. Yeah, the last quarter I really got into it, but I kind of yeah. And do you know, the same again, I was listening to an interview with Trent Dolnett and Jesse Stevens from Mamma Mia mm-hmm. Out Loud. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I had to listen to this as I was reading the book or before I read it. Cause I feel like yeah. I would have been a bit more invested. Like I didn't realize how much was based loosely on his life and yeah it's fascinating yeah I loved that book that was actually the book I probably said this before on Instagram somewhere that was the book that made me want to start my account in the first place because I loved it so much and no one could understand like my husband wasn't interested I like I gifted it to everybody I've raved about it to everybody and it just I needed to tell more people so I I, I told the internet basically like, <laughs> you all need to know about this book it was so good yes everyone needs <laughs> but then to people know. like I have had quite a few friends and people on Instagram sort of be like oh I'm really sorry <laughs> like, <laughs> don't hate me but I didn't love it that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, this Each time, to their own, you know. <laughs> I've purposely not been looking at reviews of all our shimmery skies because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to, you know, not have any yeah. hype around it and yeah. read it for what it is. So, yeah, I've just kind of been scrolling going blind those ones. Yep, and yeah. I've got it sitting there. Good idea. Like, yep, gonna go on blind and wait for the right time for that one. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, I'm dying to talk about that one. I I still haven't quite made up my mind what I think about it well, that's but I'm, interesting yeah but I won't I won't I won't give you spoilers I won't okay. ruin the hype for you like <laughs> just go and read it and then come back to me <laughs> okay what's it what's it <laughs> um and then on my next I think uh so for me myself and Christy from sometimes I read books we do our mm-hmm. diversify your reads buddy read each yes. month so I've great got, yes I think you're in yeah, the yes. of the crocodile. Yeah, the crocodile. That's next on my list. Yeah, you yeah. know, I my library hold came in for that yesterday, and the library that I've got it at is right near my office. And I was in the office yesterday, which was sort of I'm not usually in the office because I've been working from home, and it's a great opportunity to go get it. And I just forgot to go get it, so I was so <laughs> frantic at work. Um, but that should that will be close to my next once I actually get a chance to go pick it up. I've heard such good things about it. Yeah, me Sounds too. Amazing. Yeah, it does. I yeah, I think everyone's pretty well raved about it in the group. That's yeah, so far. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think so. And it's such a good like talking about buddy reads. It's such a great way to um, pick up books that you probably or maybe wouldn't have heard of before. Like I don't know that I necessarily would have grabbed this one off the shelf if I hadn't already heard about it. And I don't know that there's been a lot of publicity more generally other than bookstagram mm. or other than other reviewers so it's such a great way in that sense to be able to highlight books that you're not necessarily immediately drawn to yeah and you're absolutely. all the more richer for it because they're like the yield that we read was it last time the time before uh, um, I think last time was the white girl so it would have been I think the time before that yeah and that was uh, that was another one that I'd heard so much about but I hadn't necessarily that have been drawn to grab it off the shelf. And I'm so glad I read it because it was such a powerful book and such an important book. Yes, me too. I, I was the same. Like I'd seen it everywhere and thought, oh yeah, you know, maybe one yeah. day. But yeah, exactly. You know, that extra push is always yeah, really helpful. Definitely. Yeah. So well done, you guys. It's such a great thing that you're doing. Well, thank you. And it's a great chat. It is. It's always a really good chat. We always have some yeah. Fun great people in there so yeah um, now so tell me to finish up this segment what have been your top three reads this year that you would recommend oh, gosh so I'm terrible at this I'm terrible at narrowing <laughs> down anything really um but I was thinking about it and I like I don't know whether it's just that I've gotten really good at culling books that I don't want to read or or just like focusing my next choice on something that I know is going to be at least you know in in the area that I like but I have I feel like I have a lot that I've really enjoyed which is a good thing I'm definitely not complaining about it um but narrowing it down to three so I think for sure the top book of the year for me will be The Girl with the Louding Voice Mm. by Abby is it Abby Dare I'm going to mispronounce that I'm sorry Abby Abby Dare um it was just, I thought it was just so incredible. It was just the, and the combination of incredible writing and 
and a unique way of writing and the way that that the writing added so much to the story. Like I think a lot of the time you get beautiful writing, but maybe the story is not your favourite or you get a great story, but the writing's, you know, just sort of so-so. But for me, they were the two together, worked together to make the other better. And it was just such a powerful story. And I just thought she was such a great character and the message overall that, you know, you you everybody has a story to tell and that that's an important thing and that you you have the power you should everybody should have the power to use their voice to tell that story I thought was fabulous I loved it um so I think that's going to be a hard one to beat for number one spot but other than that (laughs) um there's been a whole lot that I love the Paris Secret was one of them um House of Earth and Blood the first in the Crescent City series Mm -hmm. by Sarah J Mass I loved um what else have I loved this year there have been so I'm gonna to have to go back and like look through my Goodreads and figure yes. out what I loved. I loved boyfriend material. I read that recently um, by Alexis Hall. That was a really good one. Um, there's been have, a lot of good contemporary romance as well. I think I loved Beach Read. That was a great yes, one. Yes, yes. So fun. I loved Beach um, Read as well. Wasn't it good? Yeah. And I thought it was a really good balance between like the sort of sweet romance but then it also had this emotional um layer to it and an emotional story which really drew me in and I thought and they were just I loved the two of them together they were me great too. me too so good. and that was another one that was so hyped on bookstagram that I yeah. was like oh I really want to read it because I love you know I love contemporary romance like that yeah. genre as well but I was so scared to read it but no yeah, no same. one should be scared to read it because it is as it is amazing <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> now, I think my top three so far, which again, I think will be hard to beat, is Below Deck by Sophie Hartnell. Oh, yeah. I have that on my unread show. <laughs> <laughs> I will get to it. Yes. I, 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 I think that. I'm a little bit scared because it looks really heavy. It, yeah. But I've, but I've also heard such amazing things about it. It's been yeah. a great year for Aussie debuts too. Amazing. That being one that? of them. Absolutely. And my other one is an Aussie debut as well, The Morbids by Your Ramsey. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. That one. I've heard really good things about that too, also on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my third, again, is another Aussie fiction and a debut, um, A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing by Jessie. Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard a lot about that. I've seen a lot of chat about that recently too. Yes, I know. It, I think people are kind of in two camps with that one. They either love it yeah. or they just, yeah, not keep I'm on. very interested to read it. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay, so our next segment, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive. So um, as we said before, it's a book that Katie and I have both read and I think you loved it as well, didn't you, Katie? Yes, yes. I did. Kokomo by Victoria Hannah, which again is another debut Aussie fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a bit of a chat about some of the themes that are explored throughout the book. So I know you read it a little while ago, so I don't know if you yeah. know, but I'm keen to hear your thoughts. So the opening of the book. So the book opens with yeah. a very detailed How can you forget the opening? <laughs> <laughs> so I should say too, there may be spoilers throughout this conversation if anyone hasn't read it, but the first, yeah, we opened the book to a description of an erect penis. For a very graphic people. description. Very graphic, you know, which <laughs> I think for a lot of people may be very confronting to read and maybe mm-hmm. a turn off. Especially on the first page. Yes. I think if you're not sort of, you're not ready for that, it was a bit, it, it was quite confronting. It, it was. I was like, oh, where's, where's this going? Yeah. <laughs> it's very heavy to, to start Where with. do you go from there? Yeah. and um yeah but I think at the end after finishing the book like those first few pages really summed up the writing style I think Mm -hmm. like and you know I I did get vibes like Jesse 2 vibes I know you haven't read A Lonely Girl thing but I know for a lot of people they found the graphic content yeah uh, yeah, quite hard to deal with. Um, and yeah, uh, and her novel actually does open with the 
the C word on the first. I've heard that. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I know has been confronting for a lot of people, but um, yeah, I just, yeah. When I was ready, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if this one, you know, where we're going to yeah. go with it, but yeah, uh, you know, and the book completely moves away from that too, doesn't it? Like, Yeah, you know, it like, does. It sort of doesn't really say much about the rest of the story. Like it's not the story. It doesn't, that's not really, I mean, it kind of is in that it's her sort of a bit of her discovering herself kind of thing. Mm, yep. But it's not about him or that relationship or even really that part of her life. And it sort of moves away from that quite quickly, which was a bit surprising because you get like this sort of shock value and then you're like, oh, okay, now we're going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're into the story now. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that. <laughs> so the story is centered on a mother and daughter who are trapped in a cycle of grief and broken communication. So we first read Mina's point of view and Mina leaves her life and career in London and rushes home to Australia after she finds out her, is it now, agoraphobic I'm Mm -hmm. probably going to say that wrong but her mother has that right okay (laughs) her mother thinks I don't know (laughs) we'll go with that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, her mother's left the house after 12 years and so begins a story of what love is and what love offers so I guess you would kind of call it an unconventional love story Mm -hmm. in a way um, of finding yourself as well Mm mm-hmm so we discover Mina's meaning of love, yeah, is quite unconventional. She struggles in romantic relationships, friendships, and in particular, the relationship with her mother. So I wanted to chat about the relationship with her mother. Do you remember, that's kind of what the story centered on? Yep. Yeah. So from Mina's perspective, we find out that her mom hasn't left the house since Mina's father passed away. And then about halfway through, we then switch to Elaine's perspective. Elaine is Mina's mother. And find out that Elaine has been keeping a dark secret for a long time, which then results in we find out why she hasn't left the house. So what were your thoughts on this bombshell? You know, there's this such lead up to this mm. big dark secret. Um, yep. Do you, I know some people say they've been a bit let down by by what the bombshell is without kind of giving away too much. Um, But, yeah, I wasn't in either camp. I I could understand um, where Hannon was going and, you know, I liked that it kind of reflected back onto Mina's story that we already found out. What were your thoughts on that? I, to be honest, wasn't, I think because I read it really early, I hadn't read a lot of other reviews for it um so I got an I got an early copy and I I think I posted my review on its publication date so I had heard sort of like industry that you know that the stuff that comes out on the media release and that sort of thing prior to that but I hadn't heard a lot of other like just regular readers talk about it so I think in that way I wasn't so influenced in what this big reveal was going to be um I do remember though I was sort of like the first bit where it's Mina's story, I was sort of a bit confused as to where it was going and mm. what the the story really was because you do you follow her as she comes back home and she's sort of confronting her mother and trying to understand why her mother has now left the house when she hadn't and, and why she couldn't leave the house previously and she'd missed out on a lot of Mina's life and Mina was quite, um, I guess, resentful for that fact and trying to understand what has now changed. And then I think when you switch to Elaine's story, that's when it really hooked me and going into her point of view. And I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting a dual point of view at all. And so when it switched over, I was like, oh, wow, this is completely different. And to be able to see then the other side of the story was really fascinating. And I thought that's what really made it for me is to be able to see both sides and understand how the the events of the book and sort of centered around her father's death and the, the sort of events that again with, without spoiling too much but <laughs> the events that had come before that how that all came together from both the mother's point of view and the daughter's point of view um so I wasn't I wasn't disappointed by the big reveal I was um I was a bit surprised by it in a sense I wasn't really expecting that to be the direction but I I 
really liked how the, the author used that as a way to um, sort of comment on different types of love and how as how Elaine was a mother but she was also a woman and she was also a wife and how all of those different parts of you connect together. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, we kind of do forget that our mothers, you know, have this other life, don't we? Yeah, and they have a past and they have secrets and they have heartbreaks and they have all these things that we don't think about really. Yeah. That doesn't, it's not part of them as a mother, but it's still definitely part of them as a person. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when you're growing up, you, you kind of don't really care either. You're very yeah. self-centered, you know, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until, until you become a mother yourself and then you're like, oh, yeah. you know, I have another She's life. a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that in that sense that the reveal as such was a really good reflection and it was a way, it was a great sort of tool to, re- to sort of bring that concept to the fore. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Now, I'd love to chat too about the title Kokomo because I really had no idea how this title was going to reflect through the novel. No, and I only seen a chat recently, like I think a few days ago maybe, that um, someone had said, you know, it was a Bee Gees song and I was like, oh, Beach Boys, sorry, Beach Boys? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, what did you think about the title? I was very confused by the title because it's only it comes into the book. I mean, like when you, you read the title in the book and you get a bit yes. of a like, yeah, I found it. Because yeah. um, it only happens that like they're at the karaoke place. Yes. Yeah. And, they, and that's the song she sings and that's it. That's no other reference yeah. to it. I think so it I comes in again maybe just at the end where they reflect right, okay. on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't quite, other than perhaps it is a bit of a contrast in that, Kokomo as a place is you know tropical and bright and happy and beachy and this book is the opposite of all of those things and it's quite dark and bleak in a way and set in sort of you know suburbia lots of sort of family drama going on it's the Mm. complete opposite to a relaxing beach holiday um but I don't yeah no I don't know other than that yeah, well, it, did, I, I, it really didn't give me any clues as to what the story was going to be. And it doesn't match the cover either. Like the picture mm. on the cover with the title is a bit sort of disconcerting, but maybe that's the point. Yeah, now that you point that out, I think it is. Like it's that contrast. So I, had, I found yeah. a quote from Hannah saying, I was fascinated by the idea that we readily and happily believe things to be truths and often don't challenge them. When those two ideas, the push and pull of leaving and staying, and the challenge of who we think people are, who they actually are, come together. Kokomo really started to form in my mind. So she she was out at a karaoke bar oh, as well. There you go. And she heard that story about that song. And when she looked into it, Kokomo is actually a town in I think Indiana, and it's actually um, kind of essentially the slums, I guess you call it. So it was oh, that real, yeah. It's not real, a beach place. No, it's not a beach place. Oh, I always Paradise. thought it was like some idyllic island somewhere. I oh, know. So, yeah, when I looked into it, the, the Beach Boys actually, yeah, made up this whole paradise for the song. And it, really? Yeah, yeah, it's actually oh, based on wow. the, the, yeah, the Kokomo Paradise is actually complete fantasy. It's it's not actually real. So, yeah. Oh, I, that makes a whole lot more sense then yes, as I a think, title. Yeah, like you were saying, it, it is that opposite contrast of the, the dark yeah. where, you know, we want to present this, you know, lovely, fresh vibe yep. of our life. But, you know, in reality, it, it's not not like that all How the time. interesting. Yeah. So, well, there you go. go. What clever title choice then. Yes, very. <laughs> and like you said, the cover, I think the cover um, like you said before, that that reflects through the cover as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now to wrap up as well, I wanted to chat about Jack and Mina. So I was mm-hmm. really disturbed by their relationship. Mm. <laughs> and I could tell from quite early on where the storyline may have ended up. Did you feel the same about that storyline? Wait, so Jack's the one from England? 
Correct. Would you remind me? Yes. yes. He, he's the worst. Yeah. No, he was awful. With the erect penis I had, from the beginning? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I did sort of get that vibe from the beginning. And I think maybe that's all part of it because it is also her sort of coming of age in a way. Mm. We go from her being, um, you know, treated pretty terribly by him in the beginning to then at the end kind of, you know, telling what, I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't spoil the story, but she sort of, you know, comes away from that, I guess, yeah. um, towards the end. So which adds to her whole journey um which I thought was a good it was a good sort of um addition to that the the, the mother storyline um but yeah he was pretty awful and that was it was a very frustrating and I think because as well you can sort of see bits of like I, I, I don't know about everybody but I think a lot of women particularly women in sort of corporate jobs would have been screwed over by men mm. at mm-hmm. some point so you sort of you're like oh on behalf of the sisterhood I hate you yes <laughs> yes and I think that that relationship almost was kind of a reflection of her mum and dad's relationship in a way in that you know Mina thought that this was what love was and it yeah. wasn't until you know after it ended or there was that disturbance that she kind of realized you know that there's more to it than yeah you know just her being in love with with someone so yeah I, I really liked that kind of dual storyline yeah me too and I liked that about the story as a whole as well that it was sort of it was about it felt real in that it was a lot I think a lot of people would have experienced that kind of like early infatuation and the reflection on you and what does it mean for me and am I the one that you know is is the problem here and of course you know if he likes me I must be good and you know as a person and all that sort of thing and then to see her sort of come through that and be like actually I'm my own person and what he thinks of me is not a reflection of my own self was really empowering and I liked that about it. Me too definitely so if there's anyone out there who's sitting on the fence, um, we I, we both definitely recommend it. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely recommend. And the writing is amazing. I thought I thought it was so like it was quite dark in a way. Mm. It reminded me a little of Sally Rooney kind of yes style in that it's not no one is particularly likable, yes. and they're all a bit not awful, but they're all a bit sort of you know it's not happy families and shiny characters and that mm. sort of thing. But I think that's what made it really interesting. And I think that's a, a similar, what well, similar to what I've read at least about um, the, the Jesse two book in yeah. that it's a bit like they're not particularly likable, but that's not a reason not to read it or not yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what people struggled with too, with Jesse twos is that, you know, like I can't, relate to the character and it's kind of yeah you know, there's some characters or some stories you're not meant to relate to you know you're meant to yeah the message and the meaning uh yeah the for box. sure so, yeah and I totally agree I think this is this is one of those so yeah yeah cool okay so to wrap up I wanted to give you a fast five so I've got five oh, gosh, questions okay. yeah okay <laughs> so <first laughs> five, physical books or ebooks physical Physical? For sure. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Number two, paperbacks or hardbacks? Paperbacks. Hardbacks are too heavy. Yeah. And they're too difficult to hold. And if you're reading in bed, they fall on your face. It's, it's True. paperbacks. Especially um, Midnight Sun. That was awful to uh, read as a hardback. I haven't read that, but it's so long. <laughs> it is. It is. I think it's like 700 pages nearly. And oh, yeah, gosh. It was, it was even the hardback and I was like oh how do you even hold this and how, I yeah I don't know up. maybe I've got really small hands but I can't yeah. hold them like you, it's difficult you've got to use two hands and then it, yes. you can't lie down and it's yeah logistically difficult yes <laughs> uh number three have you ever purchased a prop for the purpose of a book shot uh maybe <laughs> once or twice <laughs> uh yes Definitely, multiple times. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but having said that, they're all like sort of, you know, homewaresy kind of things. So they're still useful. They also yeah. then add to the decor. My husband might yeah. disagree with that, but. <laughs> the use, use again ones. Exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> number four, who is your autobi author? Uh, uh, gosh, there are a lot. Christina Lauren, <laughs> for yes. sure. Um, Trent Dalton now. Uh, Sarah J. Mass. Um, can't wait for her next series out next year. Um, I have the worst memories. This is why I need Instagram so that I can <laughs> record everything. Um, Natasha Lester is another one. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of right now, but there's probably more. There's probably, yeah, you'll think of more later probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and number five, what book has been sitting on your TBR for the longest? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> um what has been sitting there for the longest? Uh, a Serpent and Dove was up there because that was <laughs> that was a Christmas present last year. Um, there's probably books that I bought when I started Bookstagram and started looking through everybody's posts and then just left them sitting there as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. What has been sitting there the longest? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. No, I, I, could, I could probably beat That's it anyway. Hard. So the longest for me, I think I have, um, you know, the sequel that came out to Kill a Mockingbird years ago. Yes. Yeah, I purchased yes. that and I've Go still got that on my shelf. That's it. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was so intent on like rereading To Kill a Mockingbird before I read the second one that, yeah, I just never got around to reading To Kill was a Mockingbird. Was that pre- again. Pre-bookstagram? That was pre-bookstagram. I can't even wow. blame bookstagram. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a long time then. But yeah, I reckon but it's I think been at least five or six years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think at least I didn't I didn't really have that many unread books pre-bookstagram. And yeah. I think like even when I moved into this house and I was saying before that the you know the bookshelf sort of was it's built into the house, so it, that's when I sort of started it. But when I first put all my books on it, there was space. And there was like, you know, you can, when you can artistically lie them down yeah. <laughs> and you can have, you know, plants and whatever else to give it Fill a it bit up. of, um, yeah, interest. there was free space there. And now I've, I've evicted all of my husband's books. So they're sort of <laughs> sitting in a pile in the corner because he doesn't reread them, but he won't let me donate them. So he's, <laughs> he doesn't get to, to sit on the bookshelf anymore. So the bookshelf is all the ones that I've just, the ones that I've read and loved and wanted to keep. And then there's a whole other bookshelf that's got um, unread books on it and a book cart and miscellaneous <laughs> piles on the floor. So there's there's a lot of them lying around. Every now and again, I say to my husband, there are just books everywhere in this house. And he's like, is that a bad thing? <laughs> like, that's what you wanted to achieve. <laughs> could be worse, could be worse. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We could have worse habits. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been no problem. It's been pleasure. fun. Oh, thank so you glad. for having me. <laughs> and if you are wanting to check out Katie's feed, you can head to katie.reads.things on Instagram and I'll put that in the description. So thank you again, Katie. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can subscribe and leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or find me on Instagram at So Novel Podcast. Thanks for listening and until next time, happy reading!